This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Thank you for calling Social Security Administration Department. How can I help you? Yes, I just got a phone call from you saying that uh, I'm in some kind of uh, trouble. We've all received scam emails, texts, and phone calls. But have you ever gotten one of them on the phone? You have reached the Social Security Administration Department. Something is wrong with the Social Security numbers. It's a blatant, reckless, and dangerous scheme. The best thing you can do to protect yourself is just to be vigilant and be doubly cautious. We'll expose the full scam, the other people behind it, and talk with federal authorities about how to deal with it. Coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. On July 17th, 2020, I got a phone call from the number 833-939-2330. The voice on the other end of the line said, This is the Social Security Administration, and we're calling you about a problem with your Social Security number. I repeat, call us back on the same number. Thank you. Have a good day. Being a national security correspondent for more than 16 years, I've received many, many scam calls. But this was the first time I'd been able to call back and actually speak to someone. The first thing that occurred to me was to record it and try to catch them in their scheme. Thank you for calling. Your call is very important to us and will be answered. After that beep, I thought I had failed again. But then, something remarkable happened. Thank you for calling Social Security Administration Department. How can I help you? Jackpot. A live person. Yes, I just got a phone call from you saying that uh, I'm in some kind of uh, trouble um, and that I needed to call you back. A part of my plan was to play along with the scheme. So so when did you receive the call? Uh, About three minutes ago. All right, so you received a phone call or you received a voicemail? It was a phone call. I answered the call and there was an automated message on there. Okay. All right. So, sir, you you have reached the Social Security Administration Department, and according to the file, how I can see that this call is about your Social Security number. Something is wrong with the Social Security numbers. 
And these kinds of scam calls are skyrocketing. Since last November, we, the Social Security Office, the Inspector General, has received almost 500,000 complaints. And that is just people that took the time to report it to us. Tracy Lingi, Communications Director in the Social Security Administration's Office of the Inspector General, says this is just the tip of the iceberg. We believe that there are millions of these calls going out. And this scammer was wasting no time getting to the heart of the matter. So, first of all, can you please verify me your first name and your last name? Yeah, it's um, J-Y-S-S-A, and the last name is Green, G-R-E-E-N-E. All right. Okay, so sir, according to the file, Hara can see that someone is using your social in the state of Texas for committing criminal activities. So, do you know about the situation that someone is using your social in the state of Texas? No. Had So, what's going okay, on? Sir. Okay, so sir, if you're not ever about this situation right now, I'm going to provide you all the information and I will explain it to you what is going on with your social. So, in order for me to go ahead and pull up the case file and give you the more information, first of all, you need to verify me the last four digits of the social security number so that I can open up the case file and I can give you the more information what exactly going on with your social. Okay, um, 1132. This, like the name I gave her, was fictitious as well. And it was followed by a very long pause. It's one of those tradecraft markers that they employ to try to make you think that they're actually looking for something. Uh, I'm sorry, sir? The last four of the social, 1132. And what was about to happen next is what's called the payoff pitch. Everything that she'd said so far was designed to induce fear and panic. And what she said next for the person with no experience with these kinds of calls may have put them over the edge. We have seen an uptick in the level of aggression from people conducting fraudulent scams over the phone as impersonators of local and federal law enforcement, so representing that they are with the IRS or the FBI or a local police department. Kevin Vordren, assistant special agent in charge of the criminal division at the Washington field office of the FBI. He specializes in financial crimes. He says the scammers are very good at what they do sometimes meticulous. Taking the opportunity to, when they make these phone calls, um, change the the digits that uh, basically they're calling from so it appears to the recipient of the phone call to be coming through a legitimate police department or federal agency. And now, the payoff pitch. All right. Okay, so sir, I just got a file and here I can see from the file that the reason of this call was to inform you that there are some legal enforcement actions which we file on the social security and I also received an order from the higher authority to suspend your social right this moment because your social has been found suspicious for criminal activities in the state of Texas. 
And Lingi says some of these scammers can be very good at manipulating your emotions. I, I think it probably reflects the experience they have with making the calls. We, a lot of calls go out and, you know, if they only um, victimize a small percentage of that, you know, number of people who get the calls, that's uh, still profitable for them. So I think it's just that they make a lot of calls and they learn a lot by making them. This type of scam, according to Kelly Jackson, special agent in charge of the Washington field office of the IRS, is a part of the list they call the Dirty Dozen. Like you had a threatening impersonation phone call. Those things or those calls continue um, to be on the rise right now because the attempt is to elicit fear and a sense of urgency to get the person on the phone to comply with whatever information they're requesting. So I want to ask you, have you ever been to the state of Texas? Yes, I have. Some of the questions these scam artists ask are designed specifically to elicit a yes and to implant in your mind the idea that this could be true. Okay, and have you ever lost your wallet or someone stolen your wallet from you with any kind of state ID like driver license, medication card, or social security card? Yes, I have. Listen carefully to the word choices and the diction the scammer uses. Okay, and when did you lost and what type of card do you have lost? Social Security trains its employees very well. And like I said, there, there aren't many situations in which uh, Social Security employees will even call or other agencies will call about problems with your Social Security number. It just doesn't happen very often. Um, Social Security will usually call you um, in relation to a claim you filed or if you're a representative payee. I, you know, I can't speak for SSA, that the agency itself, but it, it's just it's it's not all that common. So if somebody's calling you unsolicited and you know nothing about the problem they're talking about, it's almost certainly a scam. So there's not a whole lot you need to know um, beyond that about the way SSA employees will talk to people, but they do train their people extremely well. So back to the scam. She asked me what type of card I had lost. Um, there was a uh, the driver's license and there was a, a credit card not too long ago. All right. Okay, so, so let me tell you that why I'm asking all this information from you because this is the case of theft of identity. And as you listen, you get a definite sense that the scam artist is crafting her questions based on my answers. In this particular situation, she says this is a theft of identity because I said I had lost a credit card and a driver's license. In addition to trying to sound authoritative, they also try to sound empathetic. Someone is using your social in the state of Texas for committing criminal activities. And for that, this is the ongoing investigation call. And that is the only reason I was asking for your social from you, so that I can make sure that I'm not going to investigate any innocent person. Again, Kevin Vorndren of the Washington Field Office of the FBI. I think it is fair to say that many of them have done research on the people that they are calling, so they will have some level of advanced information that is likely uh, from open source information, whether social media or, or other. And they are threatening to arrest, but they're also threatening that there are 
delinquent fines to be paid and money that is due and that if that money is not paid and sent via the mail or via some specific guidance on how that money should be sent, um, that an arrest will be taking place or the police will show up. What happened next was clear evidence, as Vorendren had said, that they'd done research. Listen to how this exchange goes near the end, when we suddenly get disconnected. And I personally believe that you may not see the real culprit behind this criminal activities, but in order to prove that, I need some evidence. And for that evidence, I'm recording this conversation as a proof, which I'm going to use inside the courthouse. So make sure that this plan will not going to be put on mute, hold, or get disconnected, okay? Let me ask you this question. Um, you said, Hello? Yes, can you hear me? At that point, the phone line went dead, disconnected, prompting me to think it was an accident, but it was a part of the scam. I realized what took place was designed to make me even more fearful and more desperate to reconnect with them, which is exactly what I did. There's an old saying that goes, lightning never strikes twice in the same place. But in this case, it did. I called the scammers back and got them on the phone again. Thanks for calling Social Security Administration. You are speaking to Peter J. William. How can I help you today? Yes, I just got a phone call from your office uh, saying that I'm in some kind of trouble, some kind of legal issue. The phone call came a few minutes ago. It was a recorded message. So I wanted to call back to find out what the situation is. In thinking about what took place, I realized this second phone call was a conversation with the closer. We told you before about the payoff pitch from the so-called starting scammer. Well, this guy was supposed to close the deal. And this is what took place. Um, did you receive any letter in your mailbox regarding that? No, it was a phone call. Okay, so how are you today, sir? Sorry? How are you today? Um, I would be much better if you could tell me what kind of trouble I'm in. This is a critical point in the conversation. Even though I'm playing along, just to string along, the scam artist, there are those who might be legitimately concerned about being in trouble. And Kelly Jackson of the IRS Washington field office again says, this is an important time to think carefully. Think before you give out any personal identifying information. If you did not initiate somebody to call to request such information, then never give that information out to somebody who cold calls you. I suggest you hang up and then you reach out to the legitimate agency or organization um, instead of conversing with that person either on the phone, um, email especially, don't click on things that that look somewhat legitimate. They're probably not, especially if you did not initiate receipt of that email. So this is the closer, scammer number two. He started the conversation by asking me how I was doing, trying to essentially put me at ease. And like the first scammer, I asked him to explain what this was all about. I will tell you, sir. Uh, 
Right now, your line is calling it to me. You are speaking to Peter J. William from the Social Security Administration. And you never receive any letter along with this phone call. You just receive a voicemail regarding that your Social Security number, right? It wasn't a voicemail. It was an active call that I answered, but there was a recorded message on the line. So it wasn't a voicemail. Okay. So this time, talking to the closer, he actually steps up the pressure and adds some details, serious details, about the kind of trouble that I'm in. Trouble that could cost me a lot of money or a lot of years in prison, according to his scam. I will tell you, the reason, sir, you haven't received a phone call, I will tell you, there is some problem with your social security number. Someone has hacked your social security number and trying to defraud the federal government under your name for the money laundry and drug trafficking. So before I go ahead and give you more information regarding with your social security number, do you have a pen, a piece of paper to write it on some information regarding that? Yes, I do. It's also important to note that as you listen to the scammers make their case, keep in mind that the high professional standards that are employed by U.S. federal government agencies would require those that are engaging with the public have a better command of the English language than some of these people do. Another thing worth considering, given the number of scams that U.S. federal law enforcement say emanate from certain parts of the world, you can get a fairly good sense of where some of these operators may currently be working or where they came from. Tracy Lingi again with the Social Security Administration's Inspector General's Office. We have been investigating for, well, going on two years now, I think. Um, uh, and we've been working with the Department of Justice um, on that. And, and there's really uh, multiple layers to these scam calls. You know, the Department of Justice has said um, that they believe most of the calls originate in India, which obviously would make it very difficult um, to for the you know United States law enforcement to take action. Kelly Jackson, special agent in charge of the Washington field office of the IRS. A lot of those robocalls and the people, the number that you call back, it may look like it's D.C., it may look like it's New York or wherever, but we're finding a lot of those aren't even on U.S. soil. Just data calling people, numbers to get personal identifying information, whether it's a security number, bank account number, date to birth or whatever, um, those call centers, for lack of better words, are not all here in the U.S. even. Yeah, so yeah it's, that's a good point. It's very complex. Many of these fraud calls originate from other parts of the world, and in other parts of the world, they are lucrative career options. Many international criminals set up their own call centers to orchestrate these attacks. But Lingi said there is an option that the Justice Department is exploring to catch them. The calls have to get into the U.S. telephone network, um, and they do that largely through uh, gateway carriers, we call them. Um, but these uh, voiceover Internet protocol um, telecom companies uh, that do business with with legitimate businesses and scam businesses and um so we have kind of done our research and investigated that, uh, you know, the entry point of these calls. Um, and based on our investigation, um, and we were working with other agencies as well, the, 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 <laughs> this effort is taking all the resources of the federal government, really. Um, but the Department of Justice did file um, civil actions in January against 
several of these companies um, seeking injunctions to stop them from doing business with scam scammers, uh, overseas scammers. And um, and we've had some success with that. And Lingi and some of the other officials we spoke to indicated there's sometimes a U.S. side to these scams. There are um uh, scam facilitators in this country that receive uh, victim funds. And so we have ongoing investigations. Um, about two weeks ago, uh, there were charges, money laundering charges brought against a uh, husband and wife in the Northern District of Georgia. They have traced over $400,000 that they had collected from victims. Um, so we have other cases like that ongoing that you know, I can't comment on yet, but we're hoping that in the coming months, Um, that we'll have more success stories like that. So it's really a multi-layered problem. But back to the layer that I was dealing with, a scammer that wanted my personal information, and he wanted it right away. So once you've got a pen, a piece of paper, let me know, okay? I will give you some information that you can write it on. Okay, go ahead. Uh, You can write it on your case ID number, okay? It's your case ID number is C isn't Charlie, D is in department. Okay. Nine four six seven five eight zero. Okay. And as I've mentioned before, some of these scam artists are very well prepared, having these elaborate scripts laid out in front of them, including case numbers, all of which are fake. And in this case, this particular scammer goes one step further. And you can write it on my name, I'm a best ID number. You are speaking to Peter J. William from the Social Security Administration and with my federal best ID number is F is in Franco, D is in department 709150. Okay. As this second scammer pushed closer and closer to the point of getting me to give him some important personal information, two things emerged in my head. This was an operation that was taking place from at least two different locations. Given the language choices and the dialects used, it appeared to me one of them was taking place from South Asia and the second one from Eastern Europe. So, sir, have you even lost your wallet or your identity or someone stolen from you something like that? Yes. Not too long ago, I lost my wallet and a credit card with uh, my ID in it. As I continued to cobble together all of this information in my head and on a notepad and on an audio recording, I sensed I was running out of time to string this scammer along. So then came the moment when the whole thing came to a head. He had just asked me what I had lost. I explained it to him. Then came this. And the time did you report to your local sheriff's department when you lose your wallet? Yes, I did. And what did they tell you? They told me that what you're doing is a scam. No, really? If you're doing that, why are you wasting my time, sir? Better you can go ahead and hang up this phone call, okay? Well, you have a great day. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Scams are no laughing matter because thousands of people have lost their entire life savings or every dollar that they have this way. But it was satisfying to catch these scammers and pass on what I learned about them to authorities. But more importantly, to pass it on to you. One other thing I learned is that these scammers are able, like a traveling carnival, to pack up 
and move on very quickly. The calls that you heard took place within eight minutes. So after the second scammer hung up on me, I tried to call back three times, and this is what happened. Thank you for calling. Your call is very important to us and will be answered. They knew the gig was up and they were on to try to scam someone else. And if they approach you, follow the advice of the authorities. Hang up immediately and report them. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode, the very first guest on the very first episode of Target USA was then Director of National Intelligence Jim Clapper. And he said to us, Russia was an existential threat. Now, mind you, this was months before we learned Russia had tried to manipulate the 2016 election. In our next episode, he tells us we've got a bigger problem now. What concerns me is that they will have, they have gone to school, I'm sure, on the revelations of what we learned in uh, about what the magnitude of their activities in 2016. I fear that because of those revelations that the Russians will have back-engineered all those uh, revelations and will try to thwart our uh, detecting what they're doing. So I'm sure they're up, they're up to their usual tricks because they found it successful. I just think it's going to be harder to detect. That's coming up in our next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have questions or comments about the program, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. That's jgreen at wtop.com. We invite you to please subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. Also, if you want more information about our podcast or any international or national security information, sign up for our newsletter. You can do it at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Coming to Live by Live, Thursday, July 30th, Darius Rucker's Darius and Friends virtual concert benefiting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Catch an exclusive one-time-only performance by Darius Rucker live from the Grand Ole Opry stage, featuring guest appearances by Clint Black and Tracy Lawrence. All proceeds from the show benefit St. Jude, so get your tickets today at livexlive.com slash Darius, and tune in July 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Live by Live. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.